Welcome to Outcomes, the healthcare and biopharma marketing podcast, where marketing leaders discuss the most effective strategies for the health sectors, coming from a digital-first, AI-powered perspective. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of our Outcomes podcast. Today, I have here with me as our guest, Christopher Carlson. Uh, Christopher is an SEO strategist at Imagine and Imagine Health. And um, one of the topics that we've been talking about a lot lately across various competencies that we have here at Imagine are just the, the nuances that come along with marketing in the healthcare and biopharma industry. Um, we all know that it's a very it's a very nuanced, it's a very regulated, it's a very unique industry, and all of those all of those facets are constantly evolving. And then when you combine that with the fact that digital in general and technology and marketing strategies are always evolving, um, it's a constantly moving target. Uh, and so over in SEO here, Christopher uh, works with a, a variety of our healthcare and pharma clients. And so I just um, I wanted to chat with him here today about uh, some of the various considerations um, or, or challenges that he experiences with those types of clients and ways that he's able to navigate them and overcome them and, and so forth. So let's jump right in, Christopher. First of all, thanks okay. for joining. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Bill. Nice to be here. Yeah. And um, so, you know, just take over. What are some SEO challenges that you experience with drug sites specifically? Specifically drug sites, they are their own entity. You know, they, they, they have different restrictions than other sites. So you essentially need to take those into account and you know, work with them. Um, it's a different sort of optimization. So essentially um, when you have a drug site, the challenges are probably the biggest one is making sure you are square with the FDA guidelines for, for advertising on the internet. Um, one of the most challenging things there is the only document that speaks directly to the internet um, was developed specifically for advertising through uh, social networks. Um, and it's from 2014. And, and that's... Yeah. so. The web now and compared to 2014 is light years. So yeah. you're, you're navigating it's like a that. century ago in, in internet years. It's like prehistoric. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so there's that to consider and you have to follow those guidelines because they're the only thing out there that you, you can rely on. Um, also, when you're talking about drugs, there's always a legal process with all your content. So there are things you can't say because you don't want to open yourself up to, to litigation. So there, yeah. there's a legal review. Um, another challenge with content, and I should, I should just back up a little bit and say content yep. is huge in getting a site uh, to, to have relevance in the eyes of Google and, and rank. Um, so it's, um, we say in SEO and we've said it for years and it continues to be true that content is king. So yeah. that's something that we work on diligently with every, with every website. Um, the other challenge with content is a lot of times drug sites are a, a brand new drug. Um, and the content is, is um, focused on the drug itself. Um, and it could be that a lot of people, you know, patients and even healthcare providers don't know about it. Um, right. So you, you, 
you know, that's a challenge because people aren't necessarily looking for you. So you have to navigate that. Um, Another challenge is a lot of them are brand new sites and Google puts more relevance on sites that have established a a history Um, and drug sites and health related sites undergo a little extra scrutiny because they're what's called Mm -hmm. your money or your life sites. Um, And that's going to be anything health related, legal and financial. Um, So, um, that's potentially Google wants to see that you're an authority and that what you're saying can help people. So that's, that's another thing that you have to take in account. That's, that's another challenge. Um, so those are the big ones when it comes to, yeah. to working with the drug site right out of the gate. Yeah. And I was having this conversation with uh, Kristen and Michelle here who work on our paid team. And, you know, like you say, the, 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 the document that you refer to, if you even bother referring to it, is from 2014. And even then, you know, the, one of the challenges in marketing in this industry is we don't have any hard rule book that we could consult with. Um, it's, it's interpretation. It's exactly. experimentation. It's hoping and praying you don't get slapped on the wrist for doing something um, that they view as nefarious versus just a little mistake and doing something the way they don't ideally want it. Uh, so it makes it, it makes it really challenging, but I also think that it emphasizes the importance of experience in doing this because that's ultimately what we rely on. Again, we can't open up our rule book. We don't have it, but (laughs) after so many years of working with so many clients in these sectors, and realizing what works, what's allowed, what, and we, and we lean a lot on our clients, regulatory affairs people, uh, because they have, you know, we're not attorneys here. We're not regulatory experts. We know a lot from experience, but we have to lean on them a lot because that's their job. Um, so we learn a lot uh, from them and that kind of helps shape what we'll do in the future for other clients as well. Sometimes they, they really help us um, structure our guidelines. And then, like you said, you know, I've been talking a lot in, in, in much of our content here about patient centricity lately, audience centricity in general. And, you know, it seems like such an obvious concept. It seems like something that any marketer would subscribe to and be doing. But like you said, so many drug sites, so many even, let's say, pharmaceutical corporate websites, healthcare sites, they're about them. They're about healthcare. It's about the organization and all their capabilities. A drug, it's about their brand name and the brilliant science that went into it. Um, and ultimately, the patient or caregiver who's out there looking for something to help them with their problem, make them healthy can't find what they need because the content has not been structured toward them. Um, So it's a, it's a big, it's a big problem, but it's also a big opportunity. It's a big opportunity for everybody to do this stuff better. Um, First of all, content's more engaging, but as you're going to, you know, talk about more here today, it'll also be found more by the people that are searching in Google. So yeah. with that, you know, what are some of the ways that you get around this myriad of challenges, Christopher? 
some of the big ones are we want to create more content within these restrictions, within these these considerations. Um, and there are definitely ways to do that that work really well. They work with users and they they make it more attractive to to Google and the other search engines. But um, you know, as you you're able to do more market research and that type of thing, you know, figure out ways to include it on the site. So, uh, like if you start getting you know, patient testimonials, for example, those are great for the site, you know, uh, finding out that patients have specific questions, you know, an FAQs page can can do a lot. And and Google likes those. It, it likes that helpful content. And mm-hmm. you're establishing yourself as more of an authority. Um, you know, video is great. And you can, uh, Google loves video. Um, so just figure out ways within these, this uh, structure to, to get more content on the site. And there's, there's actually a lot you can do. Um, the other huge thing is realize, even though you're super excited about your drug, um, you know, as you said, you're not really understanding what the, the, the patient is looking for, which is the disease itself, you know, so take the time to write about, um, the condition. Um, and you know, one of the restrictions is you can't really say, this cures this, you know, that's too huge of a claim, but you can talk about without saying that necessarily, you can talk about the, uh, the condition itself, um, which is what people are going to be looking for because they don't know your drug name yet. Um, uh, the other thing is to consider when you're doing that, um, is that if you're too general, you are competing with, uh, WebMD, you're creating, you're, you're competing with these huge sites that Google loves. Um, so what you want to do is, you know, say if someone has like you know, lupus, I had a good friend who had lupus when, when we were kids. Um, you know, if, if you like this drug uh, helps lupus overall, you know, chances are the drug won't do that. But what you want, what you want to do is do your keyword research and find out how many people are searching for, you know, lupus that has affected the kidneys or that type of thing or a specific. Mm-hmm. So you're looking more at the specific, which is what people and healthcare providers will be looking for. And then they'll see that your drug comes up and they'll make that association and they'll click through to your site. Maybe they'll sure. be like, oh, I want more information. I want to talk yeah. to my healthcare provider about this. I want to prescribe this um, yep. that type of thing. You know, when you're developing this content, you always have to schedule it. Um, you know, it's, it's never going to be a blog or anything like that, where you're putting on yep. content like multiple times a week, you have to schedule it out and understand that it's got to go through that process, that, um, yep. that legal process before it goes on the site. Um, the other thing is you're going to want to, um, you know, you might be fighting for, um, space just based on your brand name. You know, once people understand your brand name, your, um, pharmaceutical company site is going to have have talked about that already they're going to have uh, put out a press release that other outlets will pick up and so your brand Mm -hmm. name you could have a challenge um you might be you know way down the line as far as publicly talking about your brand name on the web so that's another challenge is is just and it, it relies on you know putting out good content and establishing yourself um, as the site to go to when someone searches for that specific brand name. 
Yeah. And, and then the other thing you can do is because um, you're linked to from a number of sites, especially your 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 overall pharmaceutical company um, corporate site. And a lot of, you know, this isn't something that um, you'd think about right off the bat, but make sure that you have a link coming from that well-established site um, to your site, you know, and make yeah. sure it says your drug name in the anchor text. So you're getting essentially an endorsement from a site that Google loves and, and you're a new site and it'll help you build that relevance and that, that authority. Yeah, that's good stuff. It's, you know, we talk to clients all the time about their competition online and we have to make very clear that that is not the word competition is not how you usually think of it. We don't exactly. mean your direct competitors in business online. Your competition could be your own corporate website. Your competition <laughs> could be a press release about your drug. It's not your competitive businesses necessarily. It's every right. page and every piece of content that you're competing with on Google. Um, and then the other thing I want to, you know, just going back to your previous points here, I am not an SEO expert. So I tend to oversimplify things, but I think it's very important. I mean, ultimately, Google wants what you, you Google wants to provide what users need. Okay. So the more successful Google does is, is it doing that? The more people will return to Google, keep using it, the more advertising they can sell. It's a simple concept. So Google cares about providing users with what they want. So like all marketing and anybody who listens to or reads any of my content is going to get sick of me saying this about every single marketing tactic there is. But at the end of the day, it's about your audience's journey. It's about those personas and it's about the things that they're looking for. So when it comes to drugs, um, like, like you said, Christopher, you said, they might not be looking for that brand name drug. They might be looking for um, information about the disease. Well, let's go even one step back from that, where it's a patient just researching symptoms. They haven't even gone to the doctor yet. They haven't been diagnosed with anything yet. Or let's suppose it's rare disease where no one can diagnose them. I just read recently that someone, um, it was a really interesting article, that a, that a mother ended up diagnosing her son's very rare disease through, through ChatGPT. Um, that many doctors were not able to diagnose, but through her entering symptoms endlessly and and interacting with ChatGPT, it it determined uh, what their disease is. I mean, it's going off on a little tangent there, but the, the point is that there's the people out there who are desperate for educational, informative information, disease awareness sites, sites that speak to the symptoms that someone's experiencing. And then, then very strategically, you lead them over to your product and you do your marketing. But it's all about understanding their journey first and developing the content that's going to attract them based on their journey or that caregiver that's, that's doing the research for them. All right. So Christopher, let's turn to a little bit more of a technical topic now. Um, in addition to some of the other strategies that you've already mentioned here, what are some other avenues um, that companies can explore, you know, from an SEO standpoint, but again, specifically for drug sites? Yeah. Um, what we like to look at and um, you essentially have to understand how Google understands the web and the way it does that is it breaks it down into 
entities um, and, and different, uh, different essentially, you know, characters on the web, but entities is huge. And what entities are is, you know, your drug itself, that's an entity, um, yeah. the, the pharmaceutical corporation that developed the drug, another entity. And mm-hmm. because you're a new entity on the web, you want to help Google understand that, you know, you're this entity that it just was introduced to, but you are connected with all these established entities. Um, so Google can see, hey, you know, we've known this site for a long time. We understand this pharmaceutical company, brand new drug, brand new site, but it's connected to this entity. And and the way we can do that is through um, what's called schema markup. Okay. And what that is, is it's it's code that that lives in uh, the actual header of the site. People don't see it. Search engines see it. Um, it's a protocol they developed. The search engines got together, developed to understand the web. Um, and what you can do with schema is, um, you know, you'll see a lot of basic schema on a site. Like this is a web page. This is a website. There's so much more you can do. You can um, identify the web page as a medical web page. That's the start. So Google's already seeing it's medical. Um, you can um, identify the audience. So are you talking to direct to consumer? Are you talking to the patients themselves? Who's the audience? Patients. If you're talking to healthcare providers, who's the audience? Healthcare providers. That's a different level of conversation. It's a different type of conversation, mm-hmm. completely different audience. You can identify that through schema. Um, and then you connect it with the drug itself. And Google understands a drug as a product. Um, so but you can enter so many variables and help Google understand this drug, like not the drug name, the brand name, um, but also, you know, what are some of the warnings that go along with it? What's the dosage mm-hmm. you get? Um, you know, all these different aspects, you can tell Google um, before they jump into the content on the page. It helps them understand. Um, you can also, because the company is another huge entity, you can identify, you know, not only is this a web, a medical web page connected to a medical website about this drug, but the web page was produced by a, a corporation, a manufacturer, and you can list a lot of entities for that corporation. So you've got the corporation itself, but then you've got notable people who work for that corporation. And what are they connected to? Are they connected to journals? Are they connected to um, they, a, a different, um, you know, an educational organization, a, a medical practice. Um, you can make all these connections with schema um, and, and it helps Google, you know, understand the, the basis of, of the drug and, and where it came from. Um, and that can be huge in, in um, building authority and, and helping Google know that your drug site is, is a huge, is, is, beneficial to the people who have this condition um it's kind of a complex tactic right i think it's 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 a programming language right and it's different from the the you know most of us laymen um who are not seo people know that behind a website you've got your title tags you've got your meta description Keyword. I don't even know if keywords tags still exist but it this is different from those correct and it's more technical Yeah. Yes. Um, more technical. Um, it's something I've found that you can, you keep finding new things so you can build on it and build on it and build on it. 
um, while maintaining the basic structure and having it work. Another great thing that schema can do is once you've identified the drug as a product and you've, you know, maybe there's video, you've identified a video, um, maybe there are images, your logo, that type of thing. It's going to feed into what Google calls rich results. And what rich results are is when you do a search and you see the normal, you know, the title tag that's a link to the site, the meta description, which is a little blurb, there might be a video up there. There might be a list of questions underneath your uh, your listing, your link. Um, there could be an image. Um, yeah. Schema can help Google understand that it should pull those results and it not only increases the the attractiveness, um, the ways someone can interact with your site, but it, it takes up more real estate. So yeah. rather than this little thing, you've got this. And we want to act to uh, occupy as much of that of that real estate as possible and essentially, you know, not share it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could really have the trifecta in that you're you're showing up on the first page with a snippet, you're showing up with an organic result and you're doing some paid advertising on that same page, right? I mean, that's the oh, yeah. perfect storm. Yeah, definitely. And as we move into more AI powered search, we've got to understand what AI powered search is looking for. And uh, from what we've seen, it's these entities, it's how it's going to understand. So we want to be present for that as, as well, um, because it's going to become more and more prevalent. It's already huge. It's just going to get used more and more. It's going to become more sophisticated. We want to get get in on the building blocks and make sure we're providing not only what Google search wants, but what Google AI powered search wants. Yeah. Yeah. And I think admittedly, we're, we're telling everybody that, you know, nobody really knows exactly what the search world is going to look like in six months, 12 months, let alone a few years, but we all know it's going to be different. Um, yeah. So as digital marketers, you know, I know we, but specifically you and, and the rest of your team over in SEO are just staying on top of it all the time because, again, no one really knows how this is all going to shake out. And and it won't, it's not like it's just going to be resolved one day. Uh, we're, we're just going to see this stuff continue to evolve and change, I think, forever. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, which makes makes life a little bit interesting. Any other, yeah. you know. Is any other specific like technical tactics and such um, that you wanted to mention, Christopher? You definitely want to look for everything you can, especially given that you're going to be building content very slowly. So, you know, seemingly minor things like um, image alt text, which is mm -hmm. what uh, Google reads it, but it also improves accessibility, which is huge. Um, so people who are visually impaired when they come to a site, they can't yeah. see, their reader can't see an image, you know, rather than providing them with what would essentially be a blank space, the alt yeah. text is what the reader is going to read. So um, you want to use that. You want to be as clear as possible as to what the image is, but it also provides, you know, sites about your drugs. So if you show man meeting with doctor, with stethoscope, that type of thing, that's what the image is, but, mm -hmm. you know, hyphen drug name. You know, yeah. you're not yeah. um, being spammy. You are explaining what the image is about and why it's there. Um, yeah. So any little tactic you want to look at all the technical issues is yeah. the way the site's set up or coded, presenting any 
impediments to Google crawling the site. You want to address all that, have a perfectly clean site for indexing, um, and, and then do everything you can. It, just these minor things, make sure everything is on point um, as you're working to, to build the site. Yeah. And, and one, you know, the, the, the image alt text, I think is such an, such an example of just something that's really easy that is not scientific and yet neglected so easily neglected because we all know you build a website and even on a relatively small website, you could have dozens, if not hundreds, if not thousands of images on a website. And for somebody to have strategically named each of those, um, it's, it's very unlikely. It's very rare, but if you've got, if you're a marketer or you're a website owner and you've got some extra time and you just feel like doing some tedious work, um, in, in your off hours or, or, or hire an intern to do it, just rename those images like crazy because it does matter. I learned over on, on the YouTube side of things, um, that, you know, YouTube's got their description, they've got their title of a video, but apparently the name of the video file that you upload actually is as, if not more important than some of those other things that you do and some of the tags they allowed you to do. So these, uh, and again, that's not rocket science, uh, hmm. but we, we can assume very, very neglected tactic that people could benefit from addressing. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Image file names are important, every little yep. aspect, and that's what you're going to want to do. Um, you yep. do that with every site, but it's of particular importance to drug sites because you have these restrictions or, or with content, yep. it, you know, the process. Um, yep. and for me with alt text, you know, it is tedious, but I'm a nerd. So it's like eating chips, you know, I, I just like <laughs> one after the other. And as you said, you know, it's not uncommon to find a site that comes through with completely blank alt text, um, or like alt text that makes no sense. It doesn't relate to the image. So I've seen paragraphs in there. You should have yeah. uh, four or five words. Um, so essentially, yeah, you're going to want to scour the site, look at technical issues, look at everything you can do because every little bit helps. Yeah. You know, there's, there's some, some of the stuff that we do and, and talk about is really hard. Um, keyword strategy is something that should be very strategic and audience focused schema. Like we said before, it's a pretty technical language, but some of this low hanging fruit, like alt text mm -hmm. file names, it's easy stuff. And so, you know, I think the advice to any marketer out there is even if you're not doing real advanced SEO and digital marketing, knock off some of this low hanging fruit in your spare time because it can move the needle for you. Um, it's all in, in well, Christopher, this has been really insightful. Oh yeah. I, uh, I want to thank you for joining me and um, you know, especially with regard to AI, which we touched upon here today Things are obviously going to continue to evolve and evolve rapidly. So uh, I would envision you coming on here pretty often with me so that we could stay updated on all this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I love that you're having me. I appreciate that. And um, yeah, AI is a, is a super powerful tool, um, but it is a tool. We're learning how to use it. We'll work with it as it evolves. Yeah. And um, it's, it's part of the, the future of, of advertising on the web. Sure is. All right, Christopher. Well, thanks. This was great. Yeah, great. Thank you, Bill.